Good morning, church. Good morning. I want to welcome you. My name is Tim Power. I'm the pastor of Modern Worship here, and so good to have you here with us. We are starting a new sermon series today, and it is called Bad Math Equals Good Theology. I know that is a confusing title, and I don't want to make our math teachers angry. I'm already seeing some, some shaking of heads from our math teachers. Let me explain what we're talking about. We're going to talk about this very unique idea in Christianity called the Trinity, and in a lot of ways, it doesn't seem to add up. This is a really tough idea that we worship one God made up of three persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So which one is it, people? It's confusing, right? This is hard. Is it one or is it three? See, a lot of folks from other faiths, other faiths besides Christianity, actually would consider us to be polytheists, okay? They would say, you guys actually worship three gods. They would consider themselves, maybe in, in the case of Islam or Judaism, they would consider themselves monotheists. Now, we, we struggle with this because we try to say, no, 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 we believe in one God in three persons. Father plus Son plus Holy Spirit equals one God. How can that be? Well, let's start with maybe an even better question. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? How does this affect me? How does this affect my life and why should I care? Okay, I think that's a great question because I think, I, I really don't think theology is worth studying if it has no real bearing on my daily life. It doesn't have any impact on my daily life. Why am I studying it? But here's the thing. I think that this idea of the Trinity can actually reframe not just how you see God, but actually how you see yourself. And, and in fact, how you see the world around you and your purpose in the world can be, can be tied to this idea of Trinity. Now, strangely enough, as important as this idea of Trinity is, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. The word Trinity is not in the Bible. Jesus never used the word Trinity. St. Paul never used the word Trinity. In fact, the very first time a Christian writer used this word Trinity, it was Theophilus of Antioch in 170 A.D. And believe me, it took a little while to catch on. It, um, in fact, it wasn't until 325 at the first Council of Nicaea when the church put this doctrine into writing in the Nicene Creed. And they finally agreed, yes, we all have buy-in. We all believe in one God with three parts. But, but even then, this word Trinity, this word Trinity, not found in Scripture, but there's many hints about the Trinity in Scripture. And I, I want to talk a little bit about this. Um, first, in Genesis, first chapter of Genesis, uh, the creation story, we encounter this really interesting uh, passage of Scripture in Genesis 1, verse 26. It says this, Then God said, Let us make humanity in our image. Um, to resemble us so that they can take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and all the crawling things on the earth. Well, well, who is us? Who is this us? It's not just talking about a singular. Well, we, we get some hint of who this us, this divine us is, when we look at the Gospel of John. Now, the Gospel of John is the story of Jesus Christ, Jesus' life on earth. And John has this really interesting way of talking about Jesus. He calls him the Word. The Word. It's actually kind of its own concept. It's, its own. In, uh, we could spend a lot of time, a whole sermon series on Jesus as the Word. But I just want to read this from the beginning of John. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the word. And without the word, nothing came into being. Now, John is pretty explicitly saying that God is not just one personality, but that Jesus both is both with God from the beginning, and he is God in the beginning. Now, let me talk for a second about why I think this idea really matters, and it's not just something to give you a brain headache, okay? It's not just something to hurt you. I really think that this is important for how we live our lives. See, a lot of us have this conception of God, whether it's conscious or unconscious, of a God that's detached, a God that is far off, that's unapproachable. He's this unapproachable king who is always looking down from heaven to see us make some kind of mistake so that he can, when we slip up, he can bring down the hammer of judgment. Does anybody, did you grow up at least with that concept of God? This judge in the sky that, that, that is unapproachable, but he's there just to make sure that you don't slip up. But see, this, this vision of God that we get in the Trinity is so different. I want you to get this. What the Trinity really means is that from the beginning, God has been in deep and loving relationship. And that even the terminology, think about it, the Father, the Son. Now, I know that's confusing. How could it be the Father and the Son? I think a lot of the times when we get this terminology in Scripture, it's just to help us understand. It's to help us understand how loving this relationship, even even as loving as a parent, for a child, even as loving as a child for a parent. From the beginning of time, for all of history, that's this deep love that God has had inherent in his character. For all of history, into the future and on into eternity, God's very nature is a picture of deep and affectionate relationship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Richard Rohr, a really great uh, Christian writer, he calls this idea the divine dance. This idea of God being in constant relationship, the divine dance. In fact, uh, and he wrote a whole book called The Divine Dance. And in this book, I love how he retranslates John chapter 1. The one we just read, remember it said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Listen to how Richard Rohr rephrases that with this idea of Trinity. He says, in the beginning was the relationship. In the beginning was the relationship. Did anybody here ever see a movie or read a book a couple years ago called The Shack? Yeah, it was pretty popular. Um, so, so this book, The Shack, it's the story of a, of a man. It's, it's, it's a novel. It's a fictional story, but, but really, really interesting. It's the story of a man uh, whose little girl, Nan, is murdered. Um, it totally shatters this guy's world. It breaks his faith uh, he's just a mess. Um, he gets a letter, actually, a, a, a strange uh, letter in his mailbox that is inviting him back to the cabin where his daughter was found when she, when she was dead. And the letter is actually inviting him back to that cabin. It's signed, mysteriously, it's signed Papa. Now, Papa was the name that his little girl had for God. His little girl called God Papa. And he does not know ex- what to expect. Is somebody, is somebody uh, playing some kind of sick joke on him? He doesn't know what's going to happen when he goes to this cabin, but he decides still he, he's going to go and, and, and see what this is all about. And uh, I, I, I want to I show you a short clip from this film of what he encounters when he ends up at this cabin. Mr. Vincent 
Golden Phillips. Look at you. Do I know you? Not very well, but we can work on that. I've been so looking forward to this to finally see you face to face. Can I take your coat and that gun? We wouldn't want anyone to get hurt, now would we? I understand. It's confusing. We all do. You will do this on your terms and time. How about some introductions? I'm Aluja. I have a lot of names, but that's one of my favorites. Or if you want, you can call me what Nan does. You know Nan? Oh, yes. Very well. saying that you're I am the I am I am that I am <laughs> look at that already quoting scripture you bet my son ready to see you Mac your son of course and um Sarah you Syria. <laughs> it means a breath of wind. Right. So, which one of you is? I am. And you have no idea how much I love you. It's okay, baby. Let it go. We all collect things we value, don't we? I collect tears. So I, I love this uh, this movie. It's a, it's a really great movie. Uh, it, it messed a lot of people up when it first came out a couple years ago. It made a lot of um, uh, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some some Christians got really mad at at, at this depiction, uh, and I'm totally okay with them being mad about it um, because. What I think it does is it messed with people's preconceived notions of what God looks like, right? Mess with their preconceived notion of what God looks like. And listen, I think that this idea of the Trinity should mess with our idea of what God looks like. It should be a wake-up call to the fact that God isn't far away. That God isn't unapproachable. That in fact God is love. That God is that God is relationship. That God is actually a party twenty four seven. And here's the best part: you're invited to the party. That you're invited to the party. 
There, there's this great story in the Old Testament, okay, uh, with Abraham. This is, this is also from the book of Genesis. Many scholars believe this to be also one of the very first areas of Scripture where we get a picture of the Trinity, so Abraham, he's the patriarch of the Old Testament. He is the guy who literally started the Hebrew people in the Old Testament. He's visited by God. In the flesh, he's visited by God. And here's the crazy thing. In, in the scripture, it says that he's visited by God, but strangely, three people show up. Strangely, three people show up. So Abraham sets, a ta- sets up a table for them. He tries to be very hospitable. And in fact, there is one of the most famous paintings in all of Christian history that captures this. Uh, It's it's by Andre Rublev, and it's sometimes called the Hospitality of Abraham. Can we put up this picture? It's it's an icon, and uh, it's called the Hospitality of Abraham, but it has another title that is more well-known. If you Google it, you'll probably come up under the title, The Trinity. The Trinity. And, And... Let's take a second. I want this painting to reframe a little bit of your understanding of who God is. This shows us a God in three persons enjoying a meal, enjoying a conversation, enjoying an act of being in relationship. What if your concept of God was not as some judge up in the clouds? What if your vision of God was the best dinner party you've ever been with, with the best friends you've ever had, and you just never want to leave. What if that was your image of God? In the beginning was the relationship. Here's my favorite part of this painting, um, and this was done for a very, very specific reason. You'll notice that in this, in this painting, they're spaced out, and what is right there in the center an extra spot. It's one of the amazing things to me about this painting is that it's showing you, yes, God is in constant relationship. God is in constant communion. God is in constant love in this divine dance of relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But guess what? There is room at the table for you. There is a spot at the table for you. You are invited into this divine dance. So my youngest son, he was, he was up here with me a couple minutes ago with all the other kiddos. Um, he, he's five now, but when he was about two and a half or three, he started doing this thing that whenever he would see my wife and I um, hug or, or kiss, he would run and jump into the middle between us. And he would say this, he was like, I want to be in this love. His cute little voice would say, I want to be in this love. Uh, and in fact, it got to be the point where, where if he was anywhere near, if I came home from work one day and I was about to hug my wife or, or give her a kiss, we would, just, we would just look over at him and we'd say, do you want to be in this love? And he'd run up and we'd run up and we'd grab him and we'd put him in between us. We'd put him in between us and we'd kiss him on the cheek as we embraced and it was just this amazing picture. I want you to know something. God's inviting you into this love. (laughs) My son is saying I'm pulling favorites. You're invited into this love. Everybody here is invited into this love. There is a spot at the table for you. See, God is love, and we're all invited into this love. In fact, 
once you've spent a little bit of time in this divine dance, once you've spent some time knowing God, loving God, being loved by God, it doesn't just change your relationship with God. It actually, it actually can change your relationship with everybody in the world. It can change how you love others. Suddenly, you'll find yourself looking for those people around you that have no place to sit. And you'll say, do you know that there's a spot at the table for you? That, did you know that there is a spot at the table for you? It's very appropriate that we're coming to the table right now. I want you to close your eyes for a second because sometimes, especially if, if we've felt rejection in our lives, especially if we felt rejection in a setting like this, in a church where we felt like there was not a spot at the table, I, I, I want to affirm to you there's a spot for you at the table. That God loves you. In fact, God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, who came to earth to live his life, to die a death that was not even his to die, and was raised again so that we could be part of this divine dance, so we could be in relationship with God. You don't have to understand all of that, but you can stand under that. You can still be a part of this. I want you to know that there's a spot at the table for you, and if maybe this is the first time you've heard that, Maybe if this is the first time you've considered that God isn't something far off, that God is altogether near, that God is love, I want to invite you into that love this morning. And all it is is just a yes that you can say in your heart, God, I, I want to be a part of this love. I want to be transformed by this love. I want to share this kind of love with other people that don't know that there's a spot at the table for them. So, Lord God, I pray if, that, if that's anybody's heart in this place, that you would let them know, even just by the power of your spirit in this moment, let them feel your love like a warmth on the inside of their hearts. Let them know that there really is a spot in this dance for you, that there is a spot at the table for them, that everyone's invited.